BridgeBank helps breakthrough ideas actually break through and remains dedicated to providing financial solutions to those committed to leveraging innovation to make the world a better place. BridgeBank, a division of Western Alliance Bank. BridgeBank. Be bold. Venture wisely. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara and welcome to The Bay. Local news to keep you rooted. Good morning, everyone. Um, I just wanted to uh, take a moment to also honor the victims and the surviving families of the Hatham Bay shooting. And I just wanted to take a a couple moments to um, say their names. And I'm going to do the best I can. This week, Half Moon Bay commemorated one year since a gunman killed seven farm workers all of them Chinese and Latino immigrants. So their names are Ye Tseng, Zi Chang Chen, Ji Shen Liu, Zing Chi Lu, Ai Xing Cheng, Jose Romero Perez, Marciano Martinez Jimenez, and Pedro Romero Perez. The shooting took place at two farms in the small coastal town. Concord Farms and California Terra Garden. And it laid bare the poor living and working conditions of farm workers in Half Moon Bay. At the time, state and local officials vowed to do something about it. Some of you should see where these folks are living, the conditions they're in, living in shipping containers. So today, we take you back to Half Moon Bay, one year after the shooting, to see how the community has been changed by the tragedy and what's been done to improve the lives of farm workers. Stay with us. Hi everyone, uh, my name is Ting Lu, and I'm honored to be here today on behalf of the White House. I went to uh, the sort of gathering by state and federal and local officials with community members, farm workers, and people directly affected by the shooting. Farida Jabvila Romero is a labor correspondent for KQED. Former presidential candidate Julian Castro and the former you know, U.S. Housing Secretary was there, representatives from the governor's office, Congresswoman Anna Eshu, whose district includes Half Moon Bay. So this was one of, you know, several events to commemorate the first anniversary of the shooting. He was like the second dad to me. Um, Of course, these are folks who have gone through so much in the last year. One of them was Maricela Martinez, whose uncle Marciano, was killed at the shooting. Marciano translates like Martian English. I just call them my tío Martian. Um, She, you know, just stood up and took the mic and spoke about about her uncle. 
and that they had talked often, that Marciano had been sending money to uh, his relatives there to build a house, like so many, you know, immigrants in the U.S. do, you know, to support their families back in their uh, home countries. My uncle would always tell me that, like, if I ever went to Mexico, that I could always stay at his house, and that hopefully one day he was going to be able to go with me and show me the home in which my dad and him and all of his family grew up in. And how she had to travel there for the first time to bury Marciano instead. As my uncles were carrying my my uncle's casket, um, that's when it all hit. I was walking, and then I just had the sudden realization that this was not okay. This should not have happened. This is not the way that my uncle and I were supposed to go back home. Another farm worker who was there is Pedro Romero, who survived the shooting. Mi hermano, José Romero, ya no está conmigo. He was injured, survived. His brother, José, did not. No está conmigo. Me siento muy triste, pero le agradezco a todos los que me están apoyando. He told everyone gathered there, all the local and federal officials, that you know he's still really sad, that he thinks so much about this tragedy and that his brother is no longer there with him. And he said Jose left three kids who need help. When the shooting happened, there was this huge focus on how what had happened had really revealed these working conditions, these housing conditions of farm workers, not just in Half Moon Bay, but in in California more broadly. But can you remind us how people responded at the time, especially public officials in, in the immediate aftermath of the shooting? You know, I remember all the... TV cameras flooding down and other journalists as well, you know, and also elected officials, the highest people in office in the state, like Governor Gavin Newsom. And I remember the governor on live TV speaking about how some of these workers had been making $9 an hour, which is way below minimum wage in California. And by the way, some of you should see where these folks are living, the conditions they're in living in shipping containers. You just talked about some of these really substandard uh, living and working conditions for people there. No health care, no support, no services, but taking care of our health, providing a service to each and every one of us every single day. And so after that, you know, there was a lot of attention on those issues. People really promised to to create change. Well, you mentioned two really big issues here that were highlighted by the shooting. Housing, but also workplace conditions for these farm workers. So since the shooting, I know that state and local regulators have been investigating the working conditions on some of these farms in Half Moon Bay. What's happened since then? What is the status of those investigations now? 
Yeah, so there are a number of investigations by the San Mateo County District Attorney's Office, by state agencies at the two farms, Concord Farms and then California Terra Garden. Kalosha cited Concord Farms for $51,000 for workplace safety violations. Of course, Kalosha is the agency that regulates worker safety. And then they also cited California Terra Garden for about $114,000 for a total of dozens of violations that inspectors found at these two farms. But those cases are still open and the farms haven't paid the amount of the citations yet. Then there's the California Labor Commissioner's Office, which investigates labor law violations, you know, potential wage theft. And so that agency cited California Terra Garden as well for uh, violations related to paid sick laws. And that business settled for about $150,000. We should also note that successor business at that same site where California Terra Garden was, which is now called Lee and Son Mushroom Farm, that business was also cited, including for minimum wage violations under San Mateo minimum wage laws, which are actually higher than for the state. So that's sort of where those investigations are at, but it sounds like there may be more citations and and charges, sort of uh, proposed penalties coming both from the state and the county. I mean, that's sort of the accountability part of this, Farida, but what about support for the farm workers since the shooting? Who's been taking the lead on that in Half Moon Bay? Well, there's a couple of nonprofit organizations that have been really visible through this whole ordeal for people in Half Moon Bay. Uh, one is Ayudando a Latinos a Soñar. It's known as ALAS. Uh, they've really been a connector with the farm working community. And then we see a lot of movement at the San Mateo County Board of Supervisors level. The county and the community, uh, city of Half Moon Bay, uh, really rallied together uh, in the days and months following uh, the event. Supervisor Ray Mueller told me that right after the shooting, he committed to try to do whatever he could. To go to the site and to see how those families were living, really, when I saw it, uh, I wanted to make sure that no one could look away from it. And since that time, the county really has worked very hard uh, to address those issues. They recently approved the purchase of a 50-acre plot of land. But we also have other sites. We're building 46 units of farm worker housing on, 18 of which are being set aside for victims of the shooting. He also pushed and you know, got approved a new Office of Labor Standards Enforcement in San Mateo County that will start helping all workers be able to file claims with the state labor commissioner's office and also really take on education for employers about their obligations under, under the laws, but also for workers about their rights. Those are important things, you know, that are ongoing as well, that that are taking off in the county and that really came out as a result of this, of this shooting. Coming up, 
how advocates and farm workers in Half Moon Bay are feeling about what's been done so far. Stay with us. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. I am, I have to say, surprised a little bit, Frida, by how much it seems like is happening in San Mateo County as a result of this shooting. Um, But I do wonder how people are feeling. I mean, especially the farm workers directly affected by this shooting. Do they feel like they're getting the help that they need? Well, like we mentioned, um, Pedro Romero, for example, I mean, he said, he was grateful for housing assistance, but you know that funding's set to run out soon, and um, they're wondering what they're gonna do. There's a lot of hope, you know, for all of these projects and things that are happening, but they're gonna take a long time to really create the change that everybody can see and that they could actually use, you know, by moving into one of these housing units. So it's unclear what's gonna happen in the meantime. I will say that one point of positiveness in this whole thing is that, I mean, the community says that they're committed to continuing helping them. So hopefully we'll see some other ways that they find to do that. But at this point, it's uncertain. Yeah. And and I guess how can you move on when there are these investigations still ongoing and and still open. And I know you spoke with someone from United Farm Workers about this. Um, can you tell me about Antonio and, and how he feels about how these investigations are still going? Yeah. So Antonio de Loera directs communications for the United Farm Workers. And what's been so dispiriting, perhaps, on this first anniversary is how quickly it feels like we went back to normal. With even such a high-profile case, he sees some of the issues that bog down investigations into wage theft or workplace safety issues and other parts of California. I think if the anniversary of Half Moon Bay is about anything, it's about we need to notice farm workers all the time, not just when something horrible is in the news. And, you know, mind you, many agricultural workers don't want to come forward and talk about some of the problems at their work sites because they're afraid of losing their their job. You multiply that across the whole state where if, if we can't get accountability for a case that was this public, that had this much attention from the highest elected officials in the state of California, what does that say about what's happening in the rest of California? And then there's the housing element of this, right, Frida, which, uh, as we all know, takes forever to build in California. 
How do people feel about how that's going? Yeah, I mean, all of these projects are going to take, you know, several years to complete if they come to completion. Vine aquí a la primera vez en el 98. Rocío Avila has lived in Half Moon Bay for many, many years. She has three children. Que estábamos en una, en una junta por Zoom y dijeron, no, pues que se van a hacer viviendas y, y que empieza alguien ahí a hablar y dice, sí, pero dentro de cuatro o cinco años. Me quedé, ¿qué? ¿Cómo puede ser posible dentro de cuatro o cinco años? She's one of the people who were really just shocked at learning Wait, after the shooting and after everyone says, you know, they're really going to focus on uh, building more affordable housing, it's going to take how many years? Estaba mi niña, recuerda ese día estábamos escuchando la junta ella y yo juntas y me dice, "Ma, hasta en 4 o 5 años yo voy a tener 15 o 16 años o más, nunca voy a poder tener un lugar para mí." She told me a little bit about her situation, and she said she's sharing an apartment with her brothers and their families and her family. And so her husband, her, and her three kids sleep in one room with her oldest girl uh, sleeping on a mattress on the floor and then everyone else sharing a queen-size bed. Pero hay familias que viven en un cuarto y no pueden salir a la sala, no pueden salir a la, a la cocina. Tienen que entrar a comer a su cuarto. For her, like many other people in the community, this this shooting sort of steeled uh, their resolve to make sure that these changes happen. And so Rocío Ávila has taken it upon herself to be in attendance at every supervisor <laughs> meeting and she's also part of vigils, regular vigils, and marches for affordable housing. Es algo que me impulsa porque los niños son los que más sufren. I think it's also a realization on her part that what, what she said is that her voice matters and she wants to, you know, help other people in the community to also speak up about what they're seeing in terms of housing, you know, when people get evicted, the problems that they're facing, so that elected representatives take note and can do something about it as well. Esto me impulsa a seguir luchando. I mean, it's, it seems like based on your conversations with people in Half Moon Bay a year later, it seems like folks are still very much reeling from this shooting, but also are feeling very fired up and much more active politically in, in the community. Is is that fair to say? Yeah, I think that's fair to say for definitely, you know, many agricultural workers and other people who weren't feeling as united and motivated to be part of these conversations and, and make sure that these promises of more affordable housing, better conditions at work, that they really become a reality. And I think, you know, there's a lot of hope in the community as well. Because people are finding that, at least in their personal lives, they're taking steps. So that's that's definitely a feeling you get from visiting Half Moon Bay these days, that, yeah, that there's a lot of hope. Farida, thank you so much. 
Thank you, Erica. So nice to be here. That was Farida Javala Romero, a labor correspondent for KQED. On Thursday afternoon, Farida learned that the city and county are working to find more funding to keep survivors and their families housed. Leaders with ALA say they're confident that housing assistance will continue until new housing is built. This 35-minute conversation with Farida was cut down and edited by senior editor Alan Montecilio. Maria Esquinka is our producer. She scored this episode and added all the tape. Additional production support from me. Music courtesy of Audio Network, First Com Music, and Audio Socket. The rest of our podcast team at KQED includes Jen Chien, our director of podcasts, Katie Springer, our podcast operations manager, Cesar Saldana, our podcast engagement producer, and Maha Sanad, our podcast engagement intern. The Bay is a production of member-supported KQED in San Francisco. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. You get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks.